It was now the day before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He had always loved those in the world who were his own, and he loved them to the very end. Jesus and his disciples were at supper. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, the thought of betraying Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete power. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel round his waist. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never at any time will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Lord, do not wash only my feet then. Wash my hands and head too. <laughs> Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. All of you are clean. All except one. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, all of you except one are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and it is right that you should do so because that is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have just washed your feet. You then should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you, so that you will do just what I have done for you. I am telling you the truth. No slaves are greater than their master, and no messengers are greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know this truth, 
how happy you will be if you put it into practice. Good morning, church. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Gary Williams. I'm one of the elders here at uh, our church. And uh, we're going to take a look today for a little while. Uh, that's why I wanted to show you that video, Christ in his towel. And as we go to his word in John chapter 13, 1 through 17, if you would turn with me there, it will also be up on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible with you. It's very important for us to understand, you know, because of what Jesus did for each one of us, to understand that we have a responsibility to reflect him. So I want to talk a few moments today about Christ and his towel and what that means for us today. So if you'll turn with me, as I said, to John 13, 1 through 17, let's look at his word. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you, Lord, and we thank you uh, that we have an opportunity to worship you today. And Father, I pray that my words will be your words. I pray today, Lord, that you will touch hearts. Father, I pray today that those that are here, Father, one, that don't understand the message of Christ because they don't know him, Lord, would come to him. And then, Father, I pray for those that are struggling, whatever they're struggling with, that they could set that aside for a few moments to hear you. Father, I pray today that my words will be pleasing in your sight and that you will be glorified and you will be honored. And that, Father, you will just help each one that's here to get a message that you want them to hear specifically. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's go to God's word. Again, John 13, verses 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you and you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also should do just as I have done to you. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Prior to the decisive Passover itself, Jesus had a meal with his disciples. We saw that in the video, which we know as the Lord's Supper or Communion. And actually, we will be observing that later in our worship service. He knew that the hour to which his life had pointed, the hour of his death by which he would be glorified, had arrived. As he come into the world from the Father, he would depart from the world to the Father. He loved those who had come to him by faith to the utmost. He loved them as far as love could go to the very end. He would soon show them his love by his death for them. Into his hands, God had put all that would bring about this redemption. Folks, the cross was no accident. The entire life of Christ had pointed to that time. Not only did Jesus know that his hour had arrived, he also knew that Judas would betray him. The satanic idea of the betrayal of Jesus had already been planted in the heart of Judas and received by him. The control that Jesus had over the whole event again is emphasized though. During the course of this meal, Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer garments, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and began to wash the feet of the disciples. Now their feet extended to the ends of the couches on which they reclined on their left arm while eating. This was the common way that Jewish people shared a meal at that time. That's how they shared their meal. The washing of the feet was usually done as a matter of courtesy upon arrival rather than during a meal and was a humbling experience for both the one that washed the feet and the one who had their feet washed. That Jesus washed his disciples' feet during the meal made it even more dramatic. The fact that disciples were arguing among themselves as to who was the greatest on the way to the meal. The drama is even heightened according to Luke chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. We're going to take a look at that for a minute. A dispute also rose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. This was Jesus' words. They were not about to do the work of a slave. That was the disciples' attitude at that time. They were arguing about who was going to be greatest in the kingdom. Their focus was on themselves and no one else. But the greatest of all would show that he was the servant of all. Jesus, who would soon lay down his life for them and us, had assumed the place of a servant. As he got to Peter, Peter asked Jesus in astonishment if he would wash his feet. Without answering him directly, Jesus remarked that although Peter did not understand what Jesus was doing at the time, he would understand it later. We today, and I'm speaking to you now, we today need to follow Jesus' example as he takes a towel and girds himself that he may wash his disciples' feet. 
Behold Christ and his towel. In the average church today, the furnishings most needed may be towels and basins for the washing of others' feet. And I don't mean that literally, as some might suppose, but in a deeper and far more meaningful way, the way of the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. To be a Christian means to be like Christ in his towel. That's what he calls us to be. So with all this said, we need to take a good look at Christ as John portrays him and these scriptures which shall, should help us see wherein we need to follow in his footsteps today. From Christ's example in these verses, I see three truths that we need to apply to our lives today. One, dignity of service. Christ with his towels shows the dignity of his service. Washing another's feet, what could bring out more dramatically the spirit of Christian service? It does not ask when, what I can get out of this or that. Rather, it pleads here, let me help. That is what a servant truly does. Puts your needs aside and you help others. Jesus saw dusty feet. The Christ-like follower is quick to see the needs of others and to sense their inner feelings. Like those disciples in the upper room, however, we may become so busy thinking about our own burdens that we may feel no concern about the needs of others. That can happen to any one of us if we don't keep our eyes focused on Christ and if we don't understand that we need to humble ourselves and we need to be a servant just like Christ was. Our minds may be so filled with our own selfish thoughts that we do not notice the weariness and hurt of the man with whom we have been rubbing shoulders with for months or years. So our grimy feet feel tired. Does this mean that we should devote our strength and energy to pitying, even pampering ourselves while we close our eyes to the needs of others? My answer is no. My answer also is there's been many times even in my own life, and I'm sure in your lives, where I was so focused on myself that I missed those opportunities to minister to people that were in need. And I pray for each one of us that we will keep our focus on Christ at all times and we will not miss those opportunities. As folks, we don't have to pray for opportunities to minister. They're all around us. We just got to remember to be so focused that we seize those opportunities and do at that moment what God is calling us to do. Do we forget that there may be someone next door across the street who bears a load heavier than we have ever known? No, not if we follow the Christ of the towel. We don't. Christ never became so preoccupied with his own weariness that he failed to see the tired, dusty feet of his friends, his disciples, and others. The lesson for us is, is that Christ, even though he was deity, he was also human. And yet, because of his commitment, his focus on his heavenly father and what his will for his life, he never missed those opportunities to serve. Such service as Christ rendered in the upper room calls for a willingness to look around us and see what our neighbors need, whether they live across the street or around the world. We have a responsibility. If you know the Heavenly Father today, if you have confessed your sin, you've repented that sin, and you've asked Jesus to come in your heart, and he's become your Savior, your Lord, you have a responsibility that comes from him, and you should love that responsibility to reach others for him. Everywhere Jesus went, he ministered to people's needs, but he also ministered to their spiritual as well as their physical needs. 
and we need to be doing the same thing. When Jesus dignified the giving of service by washing the disciples' feet, he demonstrated how such usefulness demands the giving of oneself. With his hands, his time, his energy, and his skill, he gave himself to the performance of a menial task. You see, it is not Christ-like to toss another person a quarter with a friendly word, go get yourself a Big Mac. That may be a courteous gesture, but often a gesture is not enough. Jesus gave himself. He did not merely help a good cause. He did a kind act, and he did it directly for the persons in need. I ask you, can we do anything less than what Christ did? But the important thing here is to understand Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We cannot do it on our own. We can only do it with Christ through us. There are many illustrations of parents that learned this truth too late. To their children, they had given to all things they thought their children wanted. These gifts included sums of money, a first-class education, good clothes, maybe even a sports car. But these parents never had given their children what they wished for most of all, a father and a mother. With their other gifts, the parents had not given themselves. Sons and daughters' lives ended in tragedy. Too late, parents learn how they failed in rearing their children. It is important that all of us learn this lesson about our relationship to Christ as well as our loved ones. It's not what we can give them materially. It's giving ourselves, giving our time, being there for them, loving them, praying with them, encouraging them. That's what's most important. Christ took the towel and used it because he had come from God to act as a servant of men. According to our text, the incarnate Son of God, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came from God and went to God, took the towel to perform a menial task. Thus he has revealed God as truly as when he later died on the cross. By his traumatic deed in washing grimy feet, he has forever, forever removed any stigma that men associate with service. His example helps us understand to see the needs of others and then to give ourselves in service means to be like him and like God, his Father. We need to pray on a daily basis that we have a servant's heart and that we're willing to serve wherever God calls us to serve. And if there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no service that's too light for us to do. There is no service that's more important than another. There is no person in this church that's more important than another. We're a body together that needs to serve together and minister together. Second lesson for us here and truth here is the greatness of humility. Contrast Christ with the towel in his hand, stooping to serve with the disciples who had been quarreling about which of them would be the greatest in his kingdom. Remember that he had come from God and that he returned to the Father in glory. On the night before the Lord Jesus was to die, how it must have grieved his heart to hear the disciples disputing about their prospective rank and the service of the one who recognized no rank, encourages no promotion, permits no jockeying for position, and sees no equality of spirit greater than the desire to meet the needs of others by engaging in lowly service. I think many times 
Christ must look down sometimes at us and is grieved because we're doing exactly what the disciples were doing that. We're not really serving as God has called us to serve. We don't have that kind of heart. It's all about me, 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 instead of looking out at others. And that's important for all of us to understand. You know, many times if you're going through a difficult situation, if you lose yourself in service, that situation doesn't seem as critical as it might because you are serving the Lord, and that's where you really get great joy. And yet those dearest earthly friends of our Lord refuse to render each other a needed service. I ask you a question. Don't answer me. This is a question for you to answer yourself. To what extent are we like them today? That's for you to pray about and think about. In many local churches, there is a seeking for honor, thirst for praise, lust for power, continuous demanding to have one's own way, and worst of all, adolescent pouting when one fails to get it. Folks, it's not important whether we get our way or not. It's important that this church follows God. It's important that we follow the leadership of our pastor. It's important that we pray for him on a daily basis and encourage him on a daily basis and understand that he goes to the Lord and he's seeking the Lord's wisdom and he's trying to lead this church the way that God's calling him to lead it. So it's not important if you think that everything's not going your way. What's important is that you get on board and you serve and you help. What a shame and a tragedy among those who profess to love and follow the Christ of Tao when that's our attitude. Christ tells us in Mark 10, 44, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. To have aspirations of rank, position, honor, and the kingdom of the one who teaches that true greatness consists in desire to serve the needs of others has no place in our lives, has no place in this church. In the eyes of our Lord, the least of all persons is worthy of his love, his time, and his help. Do you hear that? In the eyes of our Lord, the least of all persons is worthy of his love, his time, and his help. Everyone is important. After Saul of Tarsus became a Christian, he must have learned this lesson well, for he wrote to the Romans in chapter 12, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. And to the Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 3, he wrote, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. I pray for me and I pray for you that that's what we do. To follow the example of Christ with a towel in his hand means to rejoice in the success of others rather than being jealous and envious of their success. It calls for freedom from the need for praise from men and leads to a holy aim to be worthy of praise in the sight of God. That's what's most important. The only way we can attain such Christ-likeness is by the infilling and empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way. We cannot do it on our own. From the example of Christ with his towel, we learn the dignity of service and the greatness of humility, but there is a third truth, the beauty of love in action. In the midst of human need, lover, love excuse me, never stands idle, never stands idle. Immediately it goes into action. 
When Christ saw those grimy feet of young men who had walked with him through busy city streets and over rough old country trails, he wished to help them feel refreshed and comfortable. Throughout three years of public ministry, he had loved them with an unconditional love. You hear that? Unconditional love. No strings attached. How many times do we love like that? Or do we love expecting something back? And now in the face of what must have seemed like secondary need, once again, he translated divine love into human action. Christ-like love always works this way. Not only does it lead us to see the needs of those nearby, love also impels us to meet those needs at once and gladly. You hear me? And gladly. There's a difference in meeting needs and wishing you didn't have to do it and doing it gladly and rejoicing. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. This principle of the Christian life applies not only to the giving of our money, but also to the giving of understanding, affection, and sympathy to those around us. It likewise results in practical service. It's easy to talk about I love someone. It's easy to do that talking. It's a different story to demonstrate it. And we know Jesus, he didn't talk it. He walked it as well as talked it. Take a long and loving look at the Christ with a towel in his hand as he serves others, as he humbled himself, as he shows the meaning of love and action. Not only look at him, dare to follow him in loving deeds of service. That's my prayer for me today. That's my prayer for you. Our world today needs many more people to follow the example of Christ with the towel in his hand, eager to every opportunity to serve, faithful in performing every task that comes to hand. However lowly the work may be, remember, remember that in the service of Christ there can be no premium on prestige, no yearning for applause, no seeking preferential treatment. May your love today for Christ and his church this church, the church, and your Christ-like love for others find expression in deeds as well as words. We are going to participate and observe the Lord's Supper today. I'd ask if our deacons and our elders, if you would come ahead and come forward. I want to share with you as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper together, Please take a moment to examine your heart to confess sin to God and to thank him for salvation in Jesus Christ. And as Christ with his towel demonstrated his love as a servant leader by washing the disciples' feet, make a commitment today to be a servant leader. I want to share with you <clears throat> that is why as a church we ask the elders and the deacons to serve communion. Not because we are special, and better than anyone else in this church, but because we are your servant leaders and take joy in serving you. That's why we ask to do this. Your elders and your deacons, your leaders in this church are servant leaders, and we want you to always understand that. We love you. We are here because God called us here, and we're here not only to serve the Lord, but in serving the Lord, serve you. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you, Father, that uh, Christ 
is the perfect example of what it means to be a servant. As we saw on the last night of his life, Father, as they gathered for the Lord's Supper, Father, the demonstration that he, he did, Father, of washing the disciples' feet, Lord, that had more meaning than just the physical washing. Father, that had the meaning that we need in our lives, that we are to humble ourselves and be servants. Being a Christian means we're to be Christ-like. It doesn't mean we are Christ. It doesn't mean we will ever become Christ. But it does mean that we're in a process of becoming what Christ wants us to be. And, Lord, that we need to continue in that process and to become more like him. Father, I pray for my own life. I pray for all the lives of the people here. Lord, that we will understand what servant leadership is. Father, that we'll understand what it means to follow the Christ with the towel. And Lord, as, as we come to a time when we absorb the Lord's, observe the Lord's Supper, Father, as we reflect on the great sacrifice that Jesus made for each one of us, Father, he did it willingly. He didn't do it because we deserve it. None of us deserve his grace and mercy. But we all receive it, Lord, and we're grateful for that. And I pray for each one of us today as we reflect on that, Lord, that we will understand how powerful, powerful that sacrifice was and continues to be for us. We just ask that you will just uh, help us, Father, today as, as we continue in this service as we observe the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.